Hello, Kristen here with a new thing. Okay, so the bad news. We can't all move to Canada if Trump wins. The good news is that we can face whatever is coming together. And the antidote is for facing it together. It's for monthly gathering where we practice building resilience in the body long before November 5th. So you're going to practice returning to your body, your breath, and your being when the stakes are really low, when we're just in a Zoom room together, so that you build those muscles and they're easier to access when you really need them. And in case of a Trump win, you will really need them. And in case of a non-Trump win, you'll have them forever and it will be great regardless. <laughs> you can find all the details at jointheantidote.com, J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Promo code TRUST takes $33 off before March 12th because trust. Again, that's jointheantidote.com. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. First, can I just say, uh, as I'm doing this on Friday, because I am so on top of shit right now, um, we are like 150 listens away from 100,000 listens to the podcast. Now in like big, giant, fucking superstar terms, that's not that many, but in Kristen Kelp terms, um, that makes me cry and feel incredibly fucking grateful for you and for your listens and for your support. So thank you. That's not me doing that. That's you. So thank you for listening. And um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas for new things, or you just want to talk about things, or tell me which book I should read next, because that's always appreciated. Sadly, my email address is still, after weeks of going back and forth with Google, BrainCampOnline at gmail.com. Or you can use the contact form at kristenkelp.com to talk to me. Because otherwise, I don't know that you're, that you're here. I just know that the numbers are going up. And uh, I don't know what you're listening to or what you like or what strikes a nerve. So you should tell me and you should talk to me. That's all. So thank you. Today we're going to talk about uh, how to be brave with emotional bullies. Yoy. <laughs> this was actually a, a reader sent this in listener, I guess, both for me. Uh, And she said, I'm feeling like the recent political winners are giving many bullies in our culture permission to act out. How do we take care of ourselves and others who come up against this energy? How do we redirect our defensiveness and fear to love if we believe we're all one? How do we love this unconscious part of ourselves? That's a really fucking great series of questions. So I'm going to take a stab at answering it. First, number one, you take care of yourself first. You have to treat you well. I know that sucks. It's so much easier to love the spiritual bits of you instead of the nutrition and hydration and sleep requiring bits of you. So nutrition, hydration, and sleep. When we talk about foods, it isn't that some foods are good and some foods are bad, but we can say some foods are nutritious and some foods are not. So I'm not anti-Cheetos, Fritos, and Snickers. I'm just um, pro-feeling better in your body, which means that those aren't naturally the things that you reach for when you feel like shit. Um, If you try a green smoothie when you feel like shit and then check in with yourself two hours later versus a Snickers bar and then two hours later, uh, you're going to have a different experience. Hydration fucking sucks, dude. 
just, but you have to do it because it, it matters and it's important and it keeps you from being grumpy and tired and all the things. And then of course, sleep. And these are things that I ask my dominatrixing clients and my stewardship clients. It isn't like this magically disappears from the list and it isn't important. It's just that these are things that I regularly check in on with people. Because if anything, this goes higher on the list. It's the foundation of everything else. You don't believe me. Here's, here are two scenarios. Imagine for a moment that you've just had ridiculously healthy yet delicious foods, a shit ton of water, and a luxurious night's sleep. Imagine that you didn't have to jolt out of bed this morning, but that you got to linger for an extra 30 or 40 minutes, just like reading or snuggling or meditating or doing yoga or writing in your journal or whatever you like to do in the morning. And then imagine that you've gotten four hours of sleep. You had coffee for breakfast, no actual foods. You haven't had any water since yesterday morning, and you're running 20 minutes late for that thing over there. Which one puts you in a better place to handle emotional bullies? Yeah, like the answer is always going to be the one where you take care of yourself and you're like, it's not that important. I feel selfish. It feels like my needs are always last. And the truth is no one's going to put your needs first. You have to do that. And you can learn to do that in ways that are like, listen, my having a green smoothie, 16 ounces of water for lunch and getting enough sleep, that's not being selfish. That's taking care of myself and having the foundation that lets me take care of everyone else. Number two Part of treating yourself well is managing technology every single day. You can absolutely limit social media time to X minutes per day or to only in the afternoon or only after work or only on weekdays, meaning that your weekends are free of social media. You have to choose those rules for yourself and then abide by them. No one is going to come up and smack your phone out of your hands and say, what are you doing? You're on social media again, right? You're going to have to police yourself. So here are some questions, and I'll give you my answers right afterward, to think about. How many minutes can you be on social media before you start to sink into despair? How many political articles can you read before you decide life is pointless, hopeless, and useless? How many commentary videos can you watch before you want to give up on humanity and hit the button that releases the nuclear bombs capable of killing us all. And it isn't like, well, some days this and some days this. and then, Okay, go with the lower one. Just go for the default of it being a lower number. For me, it's 15 minutes, two political articles, and one commentary video. Those are my limits. And so I have to be incredibly strategic about this is how much time you get on social media. And then it's done for the day. When I go past those limits, which I do sometimes, I get grumpy. I get less positive, which is difficult for me in the first place. I get less focused on my own work and more focused on this, like, everything is terrible and awful. I want to throw my hands up in despair. I want to say it's all useless, it's all pointless, and I can't do a damn thing. I can prevent those feelings by monitoring my phone usage slash laptop usage slash social media usage. You can too. No one's going to make you do that. There's no officer of social media that comes in and takes care of these things. But you, when you learn to do that for yourself, you are taking much better care of yourself automatically. Three, you can teach people how to treat you. 
these are often called boundaries, and typically we only find boundaries by knowing when they've been crossed, and then we have to speak up about them. And that's an incredibly difficult and vulnerable process, whether you've been at it for years or you were started like last Tuesday. You can ask people not to post political things on your wall you can or tag you in them. You can ask your partner not to discuss anything political before you've had coffee. Yeah, I had to do that last week because I was like, I can't. I can't do this before I've had coffee. I just can't. You can ask your partner or the people that you love or your kids or your coworkers or whomever not to use certain words that trigger you, even if those words are arbitrary and have no meaning to him, her, or them. So if you have some sort of traumatic pickle incident in your life and you're like, please just don't use the word pickle around me, and then they start to use it as a joke, and then you're like, no, really, really, really. Okay, cool. Then they won't use the word pickle around you. That's not something that they're going to intuit magically due to your tragic pickle incident of 1994. You're going to have to tell them. And it can be about big things or small things or like when you slam the door, I flash back to this and then it's not good. And you're going to have to tell people that because they're not going to magically know that. You can ask for space. Asking for 10 minutes of privacy in the morning during bathroom time isn't the end of the world. Admitting that you need some alone time, some away from others' time, some out-of-the-house time, or just some not-doing-shit time. We call that resting, by the way. It's okay. It's okay to ask for those things. Those are boundaries in place. That's how they play out in everyday life. You can ask for help. When you ask for help cleaning the toilet, you just might get it. And you might not, but you might. Refusing to ask means that you're going to be scrubbing the toilet by yourself no matter what, and that sucks. You can ask for an apology. When you're hurt, you can say so. You don't have to blame the other person or make them some sort of horrible villain who's worse than Donald Trump on a bad day, which is so fucking bad. You can just say you're hurt and why. And if you've got somebody who loves you on the other end of the conversation, they're probably going to enter into a discussion with you and they might hold you and they might apologize and they might do both of those things. Regardless of what happens, it beats carrying around the resentment that goes on when you are hurt and don't say anything and just try and shove it down into that anger spot that you carry in your body. And then that anger spot gets bigger and bigger and it's fucking terrible, she says, because she carried around an anger spot for a decade. You could ask for more time. When you feel rushed, whether it's with a client or your friends or your kids or whatever, you can ask for a few more minutes perfectly reasonable everyday example that's not a big deal when bear leaves and sits in the car before breakfast while i'm still getting ready i get like strangely panicked and i start running around like a chicken with my head cut off so now he waits for me in the house i had to ask i had to be strangely vulnerable and let him know that those actions for whatever reason freak me right the fuck out there's no way he could have known that without my saying so so i said so you can ask for some support during the launch of all the things, which you might not have known, at kristenkelp.com, there is a website. There are two new print books, Introverts at Work and Calling to the Deep. There is Fuck Yeah Magazine, which you can get by joining the Fuck Yeah Club. And uh, there's also this new workshop called Brave. During the launch of all of that, I made really specific asks. Can you clean the toilet and take out the recycling? Can you try out my contact forms and opt-in forms? Can you make something healthy for dinner? And if can you is too aggressive because you're not used to asking for things, then the next step down is would you be willing to? Because it really takes the edge off. Like, can you rat? Would you be willing to clean the toilet and take out the recycling? Same question, just brings it down a notch. 
None of those requests were wildly unreasonable, but they were all pretty uncomfortable to make because I'm usually the one who gets everything done without too much assistance. And in particular with things around the house, it's just like I work from home. And so part of my like, I'm going to take a break is also I'm going to make sure things are tidy because I work here as well as live here. So it was actually uncomfortable, but I did it and I got support. That's generally how it works. You can do those same things with emotional bullies and other assets. First, you can avoid them online. Since we're talking about strangers you've never met being dicks on the internet, it's okay to just close your browser tab and walk away. If we're talking about people you actually know in real life, you're probably going to have to teach them how to treat you. That means you might have to ask for space, help, time, or support. You might have to ask to opt out of conversation or provide guidelines, like I'm leaving if you raise your voice. You might have to provide time limits on interactions, like leaving an hour after stopping by to visit your mom or keeping political debates to 10 minutes or less. I mean, literally start a timer and be like, this is over in 10 minutes regardless. The tighter the boundaries that you can place on people and the interactions that you have, especially if you know them to be volatile, the higher the chances that you're going to walk away without hating your life and yourself, and mostly all of humanity. Also, most importantly, you're not required to engage with emotional bullies. Sometimes those people are just looking for a reaction, and it actually feeds them in some way, so they don't deserve a reaction. Again, online, you can block, hide, unfollow, unfriend, or close the tab and walk away. In person, you can do the same thing only by walking away, ignoring, or refusing to give energy to that shitty behavior. You're only required to engage with adults because you're an adult. When someone is acting like a petulant child, throwing tantrums or saying like horribly racist or sexist or mean or terrible or awful things, you can treat them like a child. That means their tantrum is probably going to get louder. They might start throwing out horrible phrases. They might throw things. They might just lose their fucking minds. But no matter how much you have a toddler right over there who wants a gun. No matter how much of a fit they throw, you're not going to give them a gun because it will hurt them. That's the sort of boundary that you need to have with emotional bullies. Like there is no amount of begging and pleading that would cause you to give a toddler a loaded gun. If you can remember that toddler loaded gun, no, that's the energy you need with emotional bullies. You don't give in. You don't give them a little bit of acquiescence. You don't give them emotional ammo. You don't engage with them online if you can help it, and you stand strong. Often that means that you don't react the way they would like you to, which is to raise your voice, lose your shit, and start throwing things in return. Toddlers shouldn't have guns. Emotional bullies shouldn't have access to your feels. You can do this. It's not easy and it requires a lot of work and a lot of being vulnerable because asking for help is always vulnerable and a lot of taking care of yourself, which is fucking, why is it so fucking hard to take care of yourself? But you learn to do it. All of these things that I'm talking about are forms of being boundary brave, which is the very first most um, basic and probably most difficult form of bravery addressed in the Brave Workshop in Laguna this spring. So I want you to go to kristenkelp.com slash brave to check it out and grab your ticket to the workshop because it's going to be amazing. And this is the sort of thing that we cover starting at this foundation level. Now, there are seven types of brave that get put on top of this, but without this one, 
the others don't actually work because Boundary Brave is the one that locks everything else into place and makes a space for it to happen. May you face the bullies without freaking out and with great wisdom. May you treat yourself as kindly as you treat others, or possibly even more so, and may you know the great joys that come with being Boundary Brave. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you do not want to do this election season alone with your phone, I encourage you to check out jointheantidote.com. It's new, it's fantastic, and promo code TRUST takes $33 off until March 12th. So get on it. Again, jointheantidote.com. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Join the antidote.